0: I was introduced to the sport of cross-country skiing in 1969, the dark ages according to my grandchildren. I hated it at first. I was always catching my boot in the crusty snow and falling, or crossing my skis and falling, or losing my balance and falling. But as part of the hippie generation wannabes, we believed that life was all about lessening our impact on the environment, lessening our dependence on non-renewable resources, building our own homes, eating produce we grew ourselves, granola, like that, and finding something we could do with a minimum of equipment, not unlike today. Besides, it was something we could do in the winter. The gear cost less than $50, and we didn't have to go anywhere special to do it. Just take the skis outside, drop them down on the snow, make sure the left and right boots matched our left and right feet, and off we off. Olympic cross-country skiing is the perfect blend of beauty grace and style. We didn't look anything like that, me especially. I never managed to learn the flowing stride, the herringbone step for uphill climbs, the gentle toe in to bring myself to a serene stop. My skiing gait was and is that of a string pocket puppet in a windstorm, a lot of arm and leg action accompanied by varying decibel levels ranging from groan to scream. Several couples, my husband and I, would get together and ski usually at night because we all worked during the day. Not all of us could go all at one time because some of us had children and somebody had to stay home with them. I thought skiing at night was brilliant. There is something otherworldly about being out at night under a black velvet canopy of stars, snow sparkling as if some willful fairy had flung hands full of craft glitter about. The quiet, the enveloping awning of trees, one breath hanging like a small cloud of fog. This was the stuff of poetry, and we were together at peace with the world and all things in it, except for my own personal Suicide Run. Now Suicide Run doesn't look particularly deserving of the name in the halcyon days of summer. The road wends across Blueberry Field, flows over the hill where maple trees are tapped every year, grazing the sugar shack at the bottom and continues onward through a tiara of maple and spruce downhill to the brook meandering through the meadow. But in winter, the path becomes snow-encrusted, the gentle, almost imperceptible bends become 90-degree angles, and the pitch of the path increases to the perpendicular. Good skeeters only need attempt it. All of us have made that run many, many times, and not always with finesse, and never successfully by me. I'd be willing to bet there's at least part of one ski and several ski poles that can be found in the undergrowth well off the trail at the last corner before the brook. But I digress. But balance, or more correctly stated, the lack of balance has always been a problem for me. Even so, I became weary of constantly falling. I used to say I might as well fall at the top of the hill and get it over with. So one day, alone, in the daylight, I strapped on my skis and set out with determination. I spoke quite sharply to myself the entire distance between my home and the top of the hill. I can do this. There's no reason I can't stay on my feet. The hill isn't all that steep, you know, like that. At the top of the hill, I paused, took in the beauty of the surroundings translation made sure nobody was looking, assumed the stance, knees slightly bent, skis parallel, balance somewhat forward, poles dug in. With a deep breath, I shoved off form over substance. At first, my pace would have been described as controlled. Entering the first gentle left-hand curve of the path, I stayed over top of my skis, leaned into the bend, and came through brilliantly as I continued to pick up speed. I can do this. I'm in control, was tattooing itself on my brain as I headed toward the right-hand curve that, coincidentally, is banded by the corner of the sugar shack on the left. I flashed past the corner of that sugar shack and was through the curve. In other words, I made it. I'd never got this far before on my skis without falling. Now all I have to do is get around the sharp turn just before the brook and I will have succeeded. I can do this. That, as it turned out, was my last coherent thought before I hit the ground in what can only be called the ultimate faceplant. Knocked the wind right out of me, scraped my cheek and forehead, my right ski flew off, my left ski dug into the snow at a 30-degree angle, and I had at least three pounds of snow up both of my sleeves. What the... happened? Once I regained my breath and managed to get more or less upright, I took stock of the situation through snow-encrusted glasses hanging at a rakish angle. There, under the snow, was a piece of firewood that had been covered by a dusting of frozen powder. My ski had most definitely hit it, and friction being what it is, my right ski stopped while the rest of me skiing like the wind had continued, although on an altered directional plane, vertical to horizontal. I thrashed about to regain my feet, repositioned my gear, and carried on, subdued. Unless you wonder, yes, I fell at the final bend before the brook, although in a much less memorable manner. Some things are just not meant to be. Suicide run remains my unattainable victory to this day. We all occasionally wonder at the general lack of forethought that we friends gave our nocturnal exercise program in those days. Half the time we couldn't see where we were going or even each other and our skills as previously noted were often lacking at the level that would have been deemed reasonable for that sort of thing. But we had the unbeatable advantage of youth, friendship, much laughter and fun. The memories from those days and nights come to us now as sweet seasons of the heart.